Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast where we're bad. We're bad. You know it. I'm Ben Robinson. And I'm John Williams. Put on your penny loafers, grab one glove and a fedora. Shimon, everybody. We're talking the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Hee <laughs> hee. There's something about that that high pitched thing that he does, like uh, on that breakdown in um, what is it? Don't stop till you get enough. I think where no, yeah, his his ooh, like it's almost like it comes from far away. It's like a ooh, you know, like, like yeah, it, it, like, it, like fades gets in. louder. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he's screaming it while driving past you on a in a car. <laughs> oh, how you doing, Ben? Oh, I'm doing great. It's been a, a, a an excellent music filled week. Yeah. Jamming out to some uh, MJ that uh, a lot of it I hadn't heard in a long time. Like He doesn't come up in my brain to like, I'm going to listen to some music. Let's put some Michael Jackson on very often. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it's such iconic music from my youth that uh, anytime it comes on, I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah, because I mean, Michael Jackson is without a doubt one of the biggest uh, personalities in music and and like you couldn't have grown up in the time that we grew up in without hearing Michael Jackson everywhere like you didn't have to be a fan you didn't have to seek it out it was everywhere were you much of a fan growing up I wasn't a huge fan I mean I had uh bad and thriller on cassette tape really yeah oh wow it was in my rotation I was you know I liked Michael Jackson but uh I wasn't like a you know, a huge Michael Jackson fan, but I mean, he was just part of the landscape, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, uh, the ocean, like, is anyone a fan of the ocean? But no, you go to the ocean and you fucking love it. (laughs) I mean, Uh, I guess Jacques Cousteau was a fan of the ocean. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Some people love the ocean and they're, they're kind of nuts because they're going to get eaten by sharks or something. (laughs) Um, wow. That's, that's interesting. I wouldn't have pegged you as a Michael Jackson fan as a kid. You know, like I always felt like like your taste, like even though we we both loved Weird Al Yankovic, uh, more on that later, I guess. I was a huge Michael Jackson fan as a kid, but I figured you were more like more rock and roll and stuff. Like you got into Pink Floyd and all that stuff before I did. You know, you you introduced me to that sort of stuff. Well, the time that I was like when I had those cassettes was like fourth, fifth grade, like young, young. I mean, I also had Fresh Prince of Bel Air and uh, <laughs> Bel Biv DeVoe. Oh yeah, because aren't you guys related to Biv or something? Something like that. Yeah, like my cousins have some sort of relation to him on their dad's side or something. Yeah, I remember hearing something about that when we were kids. That's one of the family legends. I have no idea (laughs) if it's true or not. Yeah, yeah. Apparently I'm related to Alexander Hamilton somewhere, but... Yeah, same with me and Benedict Arnold. Oh, shit. Fucking traitor. (laughs) I mean... Growing up, I was such a humongous Michael Jackson fan. Like, I, I discovered him right around the, that same time, fourth, fifth grade, right when I was first getting into music. When my tastes were developing, it was Weird Al and Michael Jackson. Those were those were the two huge ones for me. I used to dress up like him and, like, try to dance like him in the in the uh, the living room. Like, I, I had penny loafers. I would throw a hat, you know, like, do a little spin and throw a hat, like, sidearm like he did. I was a giant Michael Jackson fan. I mean, that tracks seeing him as a kid. You're just like, wow, look what this fucking guy can do. Yeah. I mean, I guess that leads well into my first impression of okay. Michael Jackson. When I was in the third grade, I want to say, mm-hmm. 
there was a kid that I went to school with that was uh, a grade below me. His mom actually like owned the school that we went to. Oh shit. And uh, he was a friend of mine and he was like turbo into Michael Jackson. I mean, this guy was in second grade. I remember one day he came in and did a performance where he fucking moonwalked and fucking got up on his toes and, you know, and did the fucking uh, Michael Jackson dance moves. God there you it. go. For Geekspiration <laughs> Bingo, that was Ben's phone going off. Fucking phone. But yeah, he came in and he had like the getup. Like he had, you know, the fucking glove and the hat and the white suit. It was like the kind of like the Moonwalker outfit. Yeah, like like uh, from the Smooth Criminal video. Yeah, yeah, and he just and and he busted it out. He was just big into that, and uh, I remember thinking like, "Holy shit, that's impressive!" Because like I had a passing knowledge at that point. Like I knew who Michael Jackson was. Yeah. But, you know, I was seven or some shit, six or seven, whatever age you, you are in the third grade. Yeah, we were probably seven because we had Cause late we birthdays. Yeah. Yeah, so I wasn't really into anything. other that You know, no music really at that point in my life, you know. Yeah. And uh, he was, though, boy. <laughs> and I guess he went on to, uh, as far as I understand, I saw his mom a while ago. Like, he went on and, you know, still did dancing stuff. And I think last I heard... He was in Japan playing in a Beatles cover band as Ringo, where they like, kind of like Rain, but it wasn't Rain, where they dress up like the Beatles. And Was it Eric Fidel? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. I mean, we can, we can bleep out that name. I didn't know he was such a Michael Jackson fan. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I've, I've, I've had a weird, like, parallel, like, it doesn't actually exist, but kind of a rivalry with that guy, because, like, we were both drummers and we traveled in similar crowds. And like all of a sudden one day I, I, I found out that he like he liked to draw like superheroes and stuff and he was pretty good. I was just like, oh man, like I didn't realize he was also a Michael Jackson fan. I mean, I guess in a different universe, we were probably best friends. Yeah, he can moonwalk. So I think he wins. I can. You've seen me moonwalk. Yeah. I, in socks on tile. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Not well. I, I think I am much better at moonwalking in my head than I actually am uh, from the from the outside observer. Like, it, it always felt really good. It felt like I like I was doing uh, the correct thing, but not from the way people react to it. You know, thank goodness nobody in my family had a camcorder back then, because that's the sort of thing that, like, I would be mortified to watch or the thought of anybody else watching it. Like it would probably be something similar to when I had that tape from singing the song of great America and you got a hold of it. And then I, (laughs) (laughs) I was so terrified that that it was going to get out that I convinced you to give it back to me and only you and one other person would listen to it. And then I destroyed it. (sighs) Um, I guess we could probably leave his name in too. Cause technically like he's in that, the band is called the fab four, by mm -hmm. the way. His name's on the wiki page, so... Yeah, it wasn't... Uh, was was he ever with ADD, or was it always... I don't think Our so. buddy... Yeah, I don't think so. Bleep, bleeptra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not as far as I'm aware. Okay, I, I know he played with uh, with some Mormon kids I knew back in the day. Well, my first impression is kind of fuzzy, because, you know, similar to you, like, it, it's always been something that was around so it's really really hard to put a a hard like this is my first definitive memory of it like, yeah it's impossible for me so um my earliest memories were uh when i was hanging out with a with a buddy of mine jeez all these fucking names that we're gonna have to bleep out but i really don't give a shit uh his name was 
He was a friend of mine. He's he got me into comics. He got me into Queen. You know, we used to listen to like the Batman soundtrack when we were kids, but he had the albums Dangerous and Bad. And like my my earliest like memory of a Michael Jackson album was actually Dangerous. It wasn't uh, Bad or Thriller. You know, that was at the time when, you know, black or white was getting big and like the music video for Remember the Time with like Eddie Murphy and I meant to look it up. Can't remember the name of the actress in that. Shit, was it Eddie Murphy or am I just imagining that? Do you have any knowledge of that? Uh, nope. <laughs> One second. Ooh. One day we'll, we'll do a show that doesn't require editing. Okay, it was Eddie Murphy and uh, oh, it was uh, Model Iman. That means nothing to me. I think she might have been married to David Bowie, or is that a different model? Am I just... Yeah, yeah, she was married to David Bowie. But yeah, it was uh, it was at the time of Dangerous. I had a couple friends that were super into Michael Jackson, and we all just sort of fell in with the movement. And then from there, I remember some of my earliest CDs uh, was, was Bad and Thriller and Dangerous. Um, I didn't really get into Off the Wall until years later. I knew of it because my buddy had... Uh, off the wall, but, but that one, that one just seemed old to me. I don't know. You know, I've, I was into the, the, the edginess of dangerous at the time. Really? Woof. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. When going back and listening to stuff, uh, dangerous is definitely not my favorite album. Not like I was listening to it. I'm like, man, I don't really like this. Yeah. Like it's got a couple bangers on it, but, uh, all in all, yeah, I could, I could, I could leave that one. Yeah, I mean, and you know, there's nothing saying we have to go in chronological order here. Like, with Dangerous, I really love the songs, like, uh, Black or White still has a, a very special place in my heart. Remember the Time, of course. Heal the World is great. It's uh, not. That song sucks. Fuck balls. you. It is I so great. It, it is such a good message. Yeah, it's a great message. Eat it's shit. It's just a, that's the kind of Michael Jackson I don't like just the, the mushy, like the, what is it? Uh, like we are the world that he co-wrote with Lionel Richie. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I can't stop loving you or something. Or, I just can't stop loving oh, you. Just not oh, man. fucking into that. <laughs> the weird slow song, mushy stuff. I or like the, will you be there from dangerous? Yeah. I like the, <laughs> I like the high energy Michael Jackson stuff, which See, there the, is plenty of. The thing that I love about the, even those slow songs is that he gets so much emotion into those in his vocal performance. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, will you be there? It's like a gospel song, but you know, like, like when, when he really starts belting it out, like, you, you know, you, you, you feel for him. He, he's a, uh, he's a very talented, charismatic individual or the song gone too soon. Oh boy. That was written for a real person who died. And then my, my buddy performed that song on the piano and sang it at a friend of ours, uh, funeral. And it was, uh, okay. it was very, it was very I emotional. See that being touching. Yeah. It, I mean, those songs those songs are beautiful. You know, even I can see why somebody wouldn't be into it if they're into the high energy dance, Michael Jackson. But the problem I had with a lot of the songs on dangerous is they all had that like late eighties, early nineties. Like it sounds like a synthesizer horn hit that does like a, you know, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's hard to describe, but a lot of those songs just, they sounded like the same thing. Like they had the same beat and the same like, and you're like, just cut it out with that, with that sound effect. Apparently, like when, when I looked that album up, like the genre that it attributes it to is new Jack swing. Yeah, I heard that. 
I remember hearing that term before. I'm not super well versed on it. Um, but after listening to that album, if that's a good example of new Jack swing, I'm not into new Jack swing. Yeah. There's probably a reason why new Jack swing is, you know, it doesn't have like a radio station that plays. Yeah. Hey, the latest in new Jack swing. I'm sure Sirius XM has one because they've got a station for fucking everything. Yeah, but stuff like Remember the Time and Black or White, those weren't in that same mold. So like, you know, I I I have a I have a very fond place for for some of those songs. Yeah, like I said, there's a few jammers on there. Uh most of them uh most of that album's crap. That I mean, or it's not crap. It's it's if you like that, it's it's great. It's not poorly done. It's just not to my taste. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't phone that album in. No. And, you know, kudos to him for pushing the message of, uh, of, you know, I, I guess, you know, I guess the message of heal the world, like it, w- it was a very socially conscious album Yeah, you know, that, that, uh, he's got a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. It was stuff like man in the mirror. Yeah. Like uh, that's got a solid message to it and it's a pretty good song. So you can do both. So you actually, <laughs> so you like man in the mirror, despite it being one of the, one of the slower, more I emotional just like ones. the beginning of it. Like I almost skipped it when it came on. No, they're like gonna make yeah. a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like the first like two minutes of that song, not great, but once it gets to the hook, the hook mm-hmm. is good. And like the end of the song is all hook. Yeah, that that was actually the last song I listened to before showing up here. Like like as I was pulling up your to your driveway, like the song ended as I parked. Yeah. But I mean, the raw emotion in that, like they, yeah. that, that's exactly the kind of thing I love about the slower songs. Especially at the end, as he's kind of like belting out the end. Or yeah. not really belting, but doing like the the Michael Jackson sing yell thing. Yeah, yeah, because the gospel's going and going like, yeah, make the change, and it's like you gotta lift yourself, yeah. Shamon. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of which, Shamon, that was so confusing as a child. I'm like, what the hell is he saying? Is he, is he trying to say come on? That is exactly what I'm he's pretty, trying that's to what say. I was kind of assumed, but it's like it doesn't sound anything like come on. It was so weird when I read the lyrics and then it says come on. I'm like, no, he's saying Shamon. Yeah, he's definitely saying Shimon. (laughs) That's not come on at all. So I have to ask you a question then, because this revelation that you you don't like the slow songs, on the album Bad, uh, I feel like we transitioned there with Man in the Mirror. You know what one of my favorite Michael Jackson songs of all time is? Liberian Girl. Did you listen to that one? Yeah, it's okay. Like, I I, I definitely don't super love it. I mean, as far as the stuff on there, like, there's way better songs on that album than that true me. i mean i mean that there there are more complicated and more full songs i guess you know but yes i i understand you know why somebody wouldn't like it but it, it's it's so simple and pretty like yeah. all those, and those harmonies too Ooh. i mean i like it more than i just can't stop loving you i, I ab- actively dislike that song <laughs> and, and just good friends is a bit of a disappointment like it's it's okay it's not great but it's like Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder? Yeah. I was hoping for more than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's it's not even an ebony and ivory. You know, like it's a, uh, ooh, no no jokes about, about Michael's skin color. <laughs> um, oh, boy. He was more of an almond at this point. He hadn't quite gotten to ivory. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think the song on that album that, that I really can't take that was, I think it was actually a single, is Dirty Diana. Really? I don't mind yeah. Dirty Diana. Really? Yeah. It's got those electric guitars, so it's your way in. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, I mean, it's not my favorite track on the album, but it's, uh, 
it's not bad. You're right. It is not bad. <laughs> no, um, Dirty Diana, it's, it's one of those songs that like, it comes off artificial to me when it's Michael Jackson singing about, about stuff like, like lust, you know, for a what? Okay. He's trying to be Prince. Yes. Like, let's just, yeah. let's put it, I mean, which he did on Dangerous also. There was, there was a lot of that stuff, but let's put it out there that like, I don't see Michael Jackson as a sexual being at all. Like I, I see him as like an asexual alien who's just really talented with singing and songwriting and performing. Yeah. He had sex twice. Cause he has two bio, uh, he's got three biological kids, but one was a surrogate. He could have just jerked off into a cup for that. Yeah. I mean, they could have done artificial insemination or it, they might not even be like, have they done DNA tests on, the, on all those kids? They, I mean, he, they look like their mom. Paris looks a lot like him. Yeah. And, and blanket looks a load like him. That was the surrogate one. I guess. The older one, what's his name? Uh, well, I mean, they're all named Michael Jackson. Prince Michael. They're, they're like George Foreman's kids. Because <laughs> I, think, I think one of them is, is Prince Michael. Yeah, jo- Prince Michael. Michael Joseph Jackson Jr. Then there's Paris Michael Catherine Jackson. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then there's Blanket, whose real name is, I think, Prince Michael Jackson II. Weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah michael jackson's a weird guy i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, i'm sure we'll get into that a bit later but he's he's not a normal dude yeah and and, and i mean for the record i think it's kind of late to say it but i was going to say up top that like this isn't going to be a show talking about you know the more scandalous stuff about michael jackson we're not we're not here to to be hard-hitting journalists getting to the bottom of of the scandals you know that we're we're here to celebrate his work of course you can't talk about the man without talking about scandal but yeah you know that's we're not we're not here to just uh, question the legacy. I don't know, but I think on on bad. I think my favorite song on that album is "The Way You Make Me Feel." Yeah, yeah, and it's. I mean, it's not super high energy, but it's just. I, I like the beat in the background, and it's yeah. just. It's just a fun song. Yeah, it it really is. That is a great tune. It's got a great beat. It's a uh, yeah. The hooks are hooky. I think the the problem with bad is that, uh, and it's bizarre working backwards in time thus far but it didn't have the the giant smash hits that thriller had so it's it's a it's a very well constructed album it's got a lot of great tunes but it doesn't have those like mega hits like billy jean or thriller or beat it it had five number one billboard hits on it it did that's a lot for one album like that's a if i was to put out an album and i got five number one billboard hits out of it i'd be pretty excited yeah but i think the thing is it's when you're comparing it to something like thriller where it's like like those songs i just mentioned like those were undeniable like like um it's kind of like like the world before thriller and the world after thriller like it was a different place but i don't feel like bad did that like it, it was great but you know, like there's a reason why Thriller was, uh, I don't know if it's still the number one selling album of all time. But it is. Yeah. In, in the world, it is. Yeah. yeah. I think it's number two in the U.S. behind the Eagles' greatest hits. <laughs> that's right. What the fuck? Hey, I, lo- <laughs> I, mean, I, I love the me Eagles, some Eagles, but I mean, but... really? Yeah, that's tough. Also, it's a greatest hits album. Does that really count? <laughs> uh. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you've got what? Want to be starting something Billy Jean, Thriller, and Beat It are like the really big ones from Thriller. Yeah, I think Human Nature was was also uh, pretty big. Yeah, it's yeah. I 
Yeah, I guess. PYT, huh? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I think I think Bad might have more top songs for me than Thriller does. Wild. Okay. I mean, how do you feel about Smooth Criminal? That was that was a big song that I came like out Criminal. of Bad. You do like it? Yeah. What about the Alien Ant Farm version? I mean, I'm not f- too <laughs> familiar with the rest of their work, but I mean, as far as covers go, it's not a it's not a bad one. Like they didn't butcher it or do anything really offensive with it. Like it's a for I'm assuming that's kind of their style of music. It's a it's a reasonable yeah, port. Pretty faithful. I'll I'll take the Michael Jackson one over it, but uh, <laughs> it didn't make me angry when I heard it. Oh, it made me angry, but I was just being a fanboy. Like what the fuck? You don't you don't need to do this. <laughs> um. I guess working backwards in time. Yeah, it's a thriller. Yeah, we, got, we got some sort of structure here, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So thriller. Oh, by the way, Bad was uh, was produced by Quincy Jones, as was Thriller and Off the Wall. The the legendary Quincy Jones. They they met on the Wiz because uh, he was doing the music for that um, in 1978, and What's they the Wiz. Uh, what? What's the Wiz? Yeah. That is what you said? Yeah. Oh what my goodness. The, what? Is, what is the Wiz? It's a uh it was uh The Wizard of Oz, but I mean, I hope I'm not just stereotyping cuz to be honest, never seen oh. it. I know of it, okay. but it was it was you know, basically, I mean, shit. I don't want to boil it down to to The Black Wizard of Oz. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I know yes. But that makes me know what it is when you yeah. say that. <laughs> Michael Jackson played the Scarecrow in that. Yeah, and okay. and from all reports, it was not good at all, but Michael Jackson was great. I feel like I might have seen it at some point in my life, but uh, don't have a lot of memories of it. I only know it through cultural references. Like I know a couple of songs from like Scrubs. You know they they made a they made a couple references to it when they did a Wizard of Oz episode. But Thriller featured the talents of uh, of Steve Lukather and Steve Picaro from Toto. Oh, um, it also had, of course, Eddie Van Halen on uh, on Beat It. Which there's some controversy over. Like Steve Lukather swears that he played that solo. Oh, really? Like I think I saw a video where 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 he was saying that, and that uh, that that his was the one they actually used. But I don't know. It it sounds an awful lot like Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, or, it doesn't sound so much like Africa to me. You know what? I wonder if maybe I'm getting it wrong, and that and that people falsely credit Eddie Van Halen for doing the rhythm guitar as well. And Steve Lukather is like, oh no, that's me. I wrote that. I was doing that. I've got no input. <laughs> Y'all, that may be a thing. <laughs> so for me, I mean, I think this is Michael Jackson at his best, in my opinion. Billy Jean is one of those, you know, just like, or maybe I'm putting too much hyperbole on it, but it seems like it's a, it's an industry changing song. The punch of the album with Billy Jean, with Thriller and with Beat It, like, you had Michael Jackson moving from a more disco centric style into more rock and progressive and adult. And music. and a little less like like bad, you do get a little bit more electronic. You get less guitar. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you that. That led to whatever dangerous was. Yeah, yeah. Well and and you know, in Thriller, like they were still using live drums and percussion and strings and stuff. And and yeah, that is definitely something that I think took away from Michael Jackson in the future was, was electronic. But I mean, that's something overall that, that was tough with Michael Jackson was that it moved with the times and as the times changed into a music industry that I didn't like, like I didn't really care for 
new music in the 90s, even though that was like, that was when we were kids. So you, you know? weren't like a big Scream fan? No, no. Like, I mean, honestly, I kind of dropped out after Dangerous. You know, like, I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't get into history or what was the most recent one was Escape, I think. But like, I'm, I'm trying to remember the names of the other albums, but no, I just... I remember the video for Scream and like one other song that came out at the yeah, same like time. Yeah, like the Space Tennis with Janet <laughs> yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, Space Racquetball in zero Gs <laughs> or, or very low Gs. Yep, I also remember that. Well, I mean, but that's one of the things that he did really well. That's, I mean, that's kind of what kept him relevant is that like he, with pop music, a lot of the time, it's very trend chasey. Yeah. And it never necessarily felt like he was chasing trends so much as part of them. Yeah. Like he wasn't necessarily innovating in the music space. I mean, he was, but he wasn't like he didn't invent 90s R&B, mm-hmm. but he was able to transition pretty seamlessly into it and make it sound like Michael Jackson and, you know, put his stamp on it. Uh, with the exception of maybe like You Are Not Alone, which is one of the most generic 90s R&B songs. Like, yeah. Like I was listening to it. And I was like, this could have been done by like Mariah Carey or Boys to Men. And it would have sounded exactly like this. See, you know, it, it may have been that song or it may have been songs from the same album. But um, I, I had a good buddy who is just the biggest Michael Jackson fan I've ever known. Like, like he if he could be Michael Jackson, he would be, you know, he is for Michael Jackson. What <laughs> is for sublime all sorts of he he's. <laughs> um, you know, if he had a son, he would probably name him Michael Jackson. Yeah. So I was always, you know, hearing secondhand the 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 current stuff, and I think that was the same problem I had was that all of a sudden it started sounding like in sync or like like a you know even though Justin Timberlake wanted to be Michael Jackson, it sounded like it. A I Justin thought this, thought the same thing, like especially like listening to that actually even listening to a lot of the shit on Dangerous, the melodies that he uses in Dangerous reminded me of like the Backstreet Boys or In Sync, but then I thought about it. Dangerous came out in 1991, and like Backstreet Boys weren't formed until '93. So I think they I'm surprised were, they were formed that early. So I think they were aping Michael Jackson. Yeah, for sure. Coming from this perspective, I was thinking the same thing. Like this sounds like in sync, but uh, which I was never a big fan of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just I think the the stuff I'm thinking of was 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 later on, like in the late '90s. If I if I'm yeah. thinking about where I was at that point in time, it was like. Everything just sort of sounded the same, and I didn't, I didn't care for any of it's it at all. The curse of pop music. Yeah, and and generally he's good at making it Michael Jacksony. Still though, like it is Michael Jackson. Like mm-hmm. even on Scream, like it's got some severe Michael Jackson flavor. Like mm-hmm. there's no doubting who that is. But like with you are not alone. Uh, I found out it was written by R. Kelly, which uh, it sounds it, like it an R. Kelly sounds song. Like an R. Kelly song. Yeah. Wow. And and he didn't really put any Michael Jackson into it. Like it, I didn't hear anything in there. I mean, other I could recognize his voice, obviously, but yeah. like there was nothing special about it that would have differentiated it from if anyone else had done it. He was probably high on painkillers when he <laughs> when he recorded it. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it's Michael Jackson that made me think about and and you know, seeing his transition into what I felt was relative obscurity. You know, like compared to what he was when we were children. Yeah, um, where all of a sudden, like Britney Spears is outselling it. Wait, yeah, Thriller was definitely his heyday. Yeah, well, it made me think, like, what if Michael Jackson just decided to go back to basics and put together a band and basically put out an album that was 
more akin to thriller and just just back to basics. Would that be popular or had the music industry changed to such a level that people wouldn't be accepting of it? Like, I've always wondered that about uh, about bands that soften up, you know, like like the hard rock bands in the 70s when they got into the 80s and they started using keyboards and shit like they got all soft. I'm like when Jefferson Airplane turned into Jefferson (laughs) Starship or even Queen, my favorite band, like they got they got first disco and then soft. Or, you know, um, even Foreigner, as they as they went on, they got softer. But it's like, I don't know why I went to Foreigner of all bands. But, uh, you know, but but if, if they would have gone back and just recorded something, you know, the same way they recorded old songs and wrote that way, instead of trying to incorporate new um, new influences, would it how would it be received? You know, like if if all of a sudden there was there was another, you know, off the wall or, or thriller record. I mean, it's Michael Jackson, so, I mean, it wouldn't bomb. Yeah. Like, I think he could have put out a record of him farting into a microphone or... <laughs> Thank you, you read my mind. <laughs> you know, and, you know, with a few teehees thrown in, and uh, and it would it would, have, it would have sold. It might not have been as, you know, it might not have made the greatest hits album, but it would have fucking... People would have bought it. Yeah, yeah, it would have charted. I mean, if, if jarred farts were a thing, Michael Jackson could have sold them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Shit would be worth millions right now. But, you know, going back to Thriller, like, I, I love that album with all my heart. We actually listened to it uh, over breakfast today. And I know Angelina's been a little less uh, into the whole blasting Michael Jackson, you know, because of all the scandal and everything. It just makes her uneasy. And, okay, that, that's fine. People can feel that way. I've never understood that though. Like, I mean, like, I guess I'm just, it's easy for me to separate the artist from anything else going on with them and be able to appreciate the art. Uh, But a lot of people seem to have a really hard time with that and and don't, don't want to do that even. Yeah. I mean, I will say after that documentary came out, I, I had a tough time because it, because even though, even though I've got my feelings on the documentary and uh, it it was, it was just tough, you know, whether or not, Shit, how do I, I, I don't, because I don't want to get on, get into my personal feelings. You know, we don't talk religion or politics. Yeah. I think I kind of lump it in with that. Like, I don't, I don't want to, to talk about anything controversial, but it, it was, it was tough for a little bit. You know, it's, it, but I'm, I'm just fine listening to, to Michael Jackson and, and supporting the art. Um, you know, like, like I said, I, I think I said it earlier on, like, I want this show to be about the work yeah. of Michael Jackson. Plus, he's super dead, so it's not like he's profiting off of any of it at this point. Yeah, yeah. But so you were listening to Thriller at Breakfast, I think is where we were before. Yeah, and it was great. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, because there are those those uh, lesser known songs, like I said earlier, PYT, Pretty Young Thing. What do you think about that one? Because that's that's a super like little cheese dick pop song. It's okay, but it, it's it's. I don't know if it's my least favorite, but it's not, uh, I don't know. It's, I think it's overrated. Yeah. So the, the one thing that I love about that song, when I was a little kid, I'd listen to it and I was like, what is he saying at there? Is he saying tenderoni? Like tenderoni, <laughs> you've got to be something, something sugar fly with me. I'm like, what is going on? He's mm, saying tenderoni. Tenderoni. Do you know what tenderoni is? Um, like some sort of chef boyardee. <laughs> Good call. I mean, it, I think it disappeared by the time we were we were buying and eating food. But uh, Tenderoni is an easy-to-make stovetop macaroni product trademarked and produced by the Stokely Van Camp Food Company. Since its uh, withdrawal from U.S. market, 
The name has evolved into an urban slang term for a younger love interest of either gender or someone too young to talk to or to become involved with. Shit. Tenderoni. I kind of wish I hadn't said that last part there because <laughs> I, I looked up the uh, the definition before and tenderoni being a slang term for just like, ooh, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna go talk to that one over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, that just took on a weird connotation. Yeah. It's, it's like, like you mentioned Foreigner earlier. They have an entire song that sounds like he's about to have sex with a 15-year-old. Wait, what song? Hot-Blooded. What do you mean? I don't, I don't get the 15-year-old part of it. Well, like... You know, are you old enough? Are you going to be there when I call? When are you ready when I call, call your, your bluff? bluff? Like it's totally sounding like there's like, like a 15 year old girl backstage, and he's like, "All right, yeah, let's 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 fucking do it, and uh, don't let your dad know." Like that's to- like that's a that's is that is that like a like a generally accepted I thing? Think, I think so. I feel like you're just putting your own spin on that because <laughs> I mean, he, he, there's a there's a chick backstage. He's like, "Hey, you old enough? Yeah, because because I don't want to get in trouble for this shit." You better be old enough. And you're lying. I've got to call your bluff. So <laughs> that means you're not. No, no, no. Because he's calling her bluff because she's going, yeah, look at these. And he's like, okay, I'm going to call your bluff. I'm going to put my face in there. But if she's bluffing, that means she's lying. That's what a, that's what a bluff is. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be a lie. I get- it's, it's, it's just a, it's like a, a, I dare you to, to, to go for this. I don't know. Uh, maybe. And there's some other things in that song. L- listen to it through oh. the lens of, of pedophilia. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, not necessarily pedophilia. Let's I mean, cut this I, out. I, I'm assuming she's like 16, 15, something like that. You 17 know, like, I, yeah, and three just, quarters. Just barely under the line. Like, I don't think he's <laughs> singing it to a fifth grader. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't like that, that revelation that I just had about PYT and Tenderoni. I mean, it is called Pretty Young Thing. That's what it stands for. So, yeah, but uh, you could be saying that about a 20-year-old. Yeah, Pretty Young Thing. Like, she's pretty and she's young and she's a thing. She's, it's not like, well, that thing's pretty young. oh boy um i feel like i'm not talking about the songs i love in any sort of coherent manner that that like that expresses why i love them john if people were looking for coherence they wouldn't come to us (laughs) what are your feelings on the off the wall album 1978's off the wall i like it is it good (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's more disco. Yeah. But uh I like disco. Like disco is a lot of fun. Yeah, this was the the first album that Michael Jackson really like took off from his family's Motown roots. And this was yeah. his first like concerted effort to be his own entity. Like he'd put out I think four albums before when they were with Motown Records. And, um, you know, they had like a whole team writing music for him and it was just very much in that same vein. But with this one, he wrote it between, um, Jackson's albums. Um, what was it? Destiny and yeah, Triumph, I think. No, he made a very concerted effort to not involve the family. He wanted this to be his own thing. It turned out such hits as Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, Rock With You and Off The Wall. I mean, those two opening tracks, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough and Rock With You are bad fucking songs i mm-hmm. love both of those songs. they are so good and that is the way to kick off a fucking album yeah you know it's it's interesting i i think i've done this with you before but um if you listen to don't stop till you get enough and then you listen to um queens 
staying power, I think it is. They both have like like a little like mid-song breakdown. You know, it does like the Oh wait, no, I think I just did the Queen one. Regardless, they are so similar. And this was around the time where where Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson were working together for a little bit. And it, it ended up not working out between the two of them, mostly due to Freddie Mercury's drug use um, from all reports. But those breakdowns are so similar. I'm like, I can't help but think that they were in the writing room together. Yeah, you know, just and, jamming and, it out. Yeah, and that's what inspired it. They they did end up uh, releasing years later um, a version or a, a song called um, "There Should Be More to Life Than This." There, there could be more to life than this. I don't know. It's pretty good, but I don't know. They the, whoever mixed it could have done a little better with the uh, with the vocal mix down. If I'm saying so myself, they might have been working with what they had mixing a song with from two dead people yep. that was really old. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it would have been interesting to see, you know, probably who were my two favorite vocalists uh, putting some shit out together. I used to listen to the song Off the Wall to get me stoked before work at a, at a job that I hated. I'd just listen to that like right before I get out of the car. I was fucking in. I had a few songs that I did that with. The album was a huge smash, uh, but one critic from... Uh, don't remember the source, but he said that Michael Jackson's vocabulary of grunts, squeals, hiccups, moans, and asides is a vivid <laughs> reminder that he's grown up. <laughs> I like that. Oh, I was, I was, I was really hoping you were going to say, makes this unlistenable. No one will like this garbage because I absolutely <laughs> love hearing reviews from like professional reviewers saying like, you know, this Titanic movie is a piece of shit. <laughs> or, you know, where they're just so fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm kind of bummed that that wasn't what that was. But yeah, his, I love his little vocal tics. Like, I don't know where they came from or why he decided that that was what he was going to do. But they're, they are so purely Michael Jackson. Yeah, I, um, the only thing I heard about was the hiccup thing. And apparently he, he decided to start doing that to convey taking a quick breath and to convey like showing emotion. So, you know, like, I mean, it's like, very emotive. She was more like a beauty queen from a movie scene. <laughs> you, know, and, you know, it's yeah, it, it, it totally like, and it gets your attention too. Yeah. And he never gave up on those. No, like, that was, that was his fucking shtick. And, and I think he kind of owns them to the degree that like, if anyone else started doing them, like be like, no, you cut that the fuck out. Yeah, I think I think like Justin Timberlake was one hiccup away from like his career being over as a Michael Jackson <laughs> ripoff, right? And and he did go to kind of extreme lengths, like especially on the Dangerous album, he did it a lot. And then even on on like towards the end of uh, the Man in the Mirror, like I feel like yeah. he did like ah, and uh, like three or four times without saying anything, <laughs> you know, just really. Uh, uh. You're like, wait, what the fuck are you doing? Gonna make a change. (laughs) (laughs) This is really poor attempt at beatboxing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, to be honest, I don't really feel like we need... (laughs) Do you want to go into Jackson 5 territory? I mean, what I want to say is, I also really like the Jackson 5. Really? At least their hits, or or do you do you have you done a deep dive on the Jackson Five because they put out a lot of stuff? Not, I mean, I'm sure I haven't heard everything because they did put out a lot of yeah. stuff. Joe Jackson was uh, a machine on yeah, those poor children. Piece of shit workhorse. Wow. Yeah, that guy. But uh, 
but they tur- turned out some solid stuff. I mean, but yeah, like their their hits are jams. I will I will listen to some eleven year old Michael singing some shit and his first hit. Like he he was the youngest person to be on the Hot 100 at 11 with "I Want You Back," mm-hmm. singing a song that uh, must have meant nothing to him. He certainly had <laughs> not gone through a painful emotional breakup with a, a long term in a long term <laughs> relationship. Yet. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, most of those songs for someone who has no stake in the game with a lot of those songs. Fuck, he doesn't sound like it. He's, he he emotes excellently. Like, he, he still, you believe that he just had his heart broken, even though, uh, unless someone broke his Legos, that's not what happened. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's something that, like, there's a lot to be said for talent. There's a lot to be said for hard work. Being that age and being able to just crush it like that, like, I don't think you could do that with just hard work. Like, I, I feel oh, like no, he's he, got he natural was, talent for sure. Yeah. He was born to do what he did. Uh, Cause yeah, I, I, I hadn't even thought about that until you were saying that. Like if I had my heart broken and I wanted somebody back and I was listening to that song, I'd be like, fucking Michael, you know exactly what I'm going through. Yeah. Or like, I'll be there. Yeah. Like the amount of emotion that he puts into that song at, uh, I think he was like 12. Yeah. Is phenomenal. Like that, that song is like, I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and to the point to where it, you know, became such a, such a huge hit that like years later, like Mariah Carey and like the new kids on the block are covering that song. Yeah. I mean, it's a legit song. Yeah. Like, they, they came out with some good fucking music. Yeah. Like I, I want you back is probably my favorite Jackson five song. It, it, it is such a, a hooky tune. Like I, I yeah. will listen to it anytime. I think, I don't think I care for ABC as much. Like, it's I, a little more fun. Tough. It's definitely a little more bubblegum. Yeah. But uh, I still like it. Yeah. I like how in, well, I've never actually done the research. I probably could real quick with a, uh, with the Google search, but I just remember being a kid over at Preston's house and his dad playing, I want you back and be like, being like, listen to the, listen to the background vocalists, you know, like on like the, come on, come on, come on, let me show you what it's all about. Like that breakdown there. It sounds like the people in the background, you know, the brothers are, are saying like, go, go, go to bed, go, go, go to bed. And we're like, whoa, what? I don't know what they're, what they're actually, oh no, I'm sorry. That's, fuck, that's not on I Want You Back. That's on ABC. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just really wanted Michael to go to bed. He's a yeah, little like, kid. Shut like, the fuck, fuck up. God, you fucking kid. Why are you the front man for the band? Yeah, this was you great. Well, shit. I mean. Originally, it, it was uh, it was just Tito, Jermaine, and Jackie, and then Marlon and Michael joined later on, and then it became the Jackson Five. I mean, they made a good choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was smart. Like that kid could sing, and he he could dance, and uh, he was cute as hell. Yeah, seeing that little little kid dance around, and like he was a performer from the get go. Mm-hmm. Like he just fucking got it. Yeah, there's like camcorder footage from when he was even younger than the J- than the Jackson Five stuff, where you know he's just fucking killing it on the dance floor. Like they've got like little choreographed routines that they probably stole from like you know some Motown performance or something. Yeah. He's he's crushing it. Speaking of you know his looks, you know because Michael Jackson went went through some interesting changes in his yes, looks. Yes, he did. And I can't even begin to to you know uh, accurately weigh in on. What was, you know, skin pigment issues? What was, you know... Plastic surgeries? Yeah. Self-destruction, you know? Yeah. I, 
But like, he was a handsome young man. Incredibly. I, I don't know why he ruined his nose. Like he had a human nose at one point. <laughs> it's interesting when you, when you just Google, like, you know, what would Michael Jackson look like today without the plastic surgery? Like he's a handsome, distinguished older man. And, you know, I, I've heard people say that like, because of his traumatic childhood uh, with his dad, that like when he looked at himself, he saw his dad and hated that. Oh, I could see that on the Jackson five thing. Like I remember uh, when I was a kid seeing the, you know, the Jackson's TV miniseries. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember watching it and just being like, damn, Joe Jackson's a prick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he... that, that was the, that TV show taught me what cutting a switch was. Oh, jeez! Made Michael go run outside and take a branch off a tree so he could beat his ass with it. Yeah, and you know that—that's something. I mean, probably from that miniseries. You know, like we always grew up like we. Everyone knew that Joe Jackson was a piece of shit, and like he was always trying to fight that. Like, oh, I was just hard on the kids because you know somebody had to teach them, and and look what it did for them. It's maybe not a valid, an invalid argument. Like, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be a real piece of shit to your kids, but. Those kids went on to do great things. Uh... <laughs> At least two of them did. You know, and I remember hearing a story without getting into it too much, but I, to Michael's weird relationship with uh, the world. Yes. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. With, with growing up and, and, you know, sexuality and stuff, you know, cause he's had, he's had girlfriends and wives and stuff, but again, I don't buy it. I don't see him as a sexual not, being. Not for long either. He was married for like, what, six years. Was that Between Lisa Marie? the two of them? Oh, geez. Well, I remember hearing a story somewhere. They were all bunked up in a hotel room, and Michael Jackson's trying to sleep, you know, as a little kid. Meanwhile, his dad and one of his older brothers, whether it's Jermaine or Tito, I don't remember, or Jackie, both have, like, hookers in their beds, and they're just banging in the same room. That one hit me so hard, I was just like, if that was my childhood, like, I would be so fucked up. Oh, well, that and everything else in his child like that yeah. one experience is huge but like the totality of it like there's nothing normal about his childhood yeah but produced one hell of a performer yeah yeah and i mean <laughs> i think i think if i was in his situation too like i probably would have done the same thing when i was older and had millions of dollars and bought like a giant ranch and put an amusement park on it yeah yeah, like as a way to reclaim my childhood. I mean, we're lucky he didn't buy an island shaped like a skull and fill it with nuclear missiles. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he could have done that, too. Yeah, he yeah, that's money. true. He, he could have been a, a truly <laughs> destructive monster. Um, I, see, I'm trying to remember. I feel like there, like we did an episode. Oh, maybe it was amusement parks. No, maybe not. I don't know. But I remember talking about like the costs of running Neverland Ranch at some point. Oh, it'd be phenomenal. Yeah. Like it was like a million bucks a year or something. Yeah, like, there's nothing cheap about an amusement park. But what episode would we have talked about? I don't know. Whatever. Hey, uh, listeners, faithful <laughs> listeners, tell me what episode we did that on. Uh, if you have any clue. I remember being a kid and just seeing like, you know, TV specials on Neverland Ranch and just being like, that'd be the coolest fucking place on earth. Maybe one day, once the, once this whole podcast thing takes off, we can buy we'll it. Buy an amusement park. Yeah, you know, as far as the music goes, like I was saying, like I didn't, I didn't really listen to much after after Dangerous. Like it was it was tough. Um, I guess on the History album, Angelina played a song for me earlier called uh, "Little Susie," 
and it mixes in like like a classical piece of uh, of music. I think it's uh, it's uh, choral, a choral arrangement that I didn't take the note of, but it's like about a little girl that gets like murdered and shit, and like it sounds all like theatrical oh, and yeah, kind of circusy yeah. and stuff. I remember that song. Man, I was I I did not enjoy that experience. <laughs> like, oh, I don't like this is definitely Michael Jackson singing this, but like it's a little dark. Yeah, like I'd rather just hear like Gone Too Soon if I want to get sad about a, about the death of a real child. Oh boy. But yeah, you know, like I I wish we could have gotten one more album out of Michael Jackson where they went back to basics. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Like like it would have been cool, but like it depends on whether or not he was and I and I don't have any insight into this whether he was making music that he wanted to make and it was great or if he was trying to kind of stay relevant. You know, cuz artists grow and they, they you know, it, then it's not maybe it wasn't it wouldn't have been genuine for him to try and go back to something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Like if Metallica tried to make a really good hard hitting metal album, they'd, they'd probably still fuck it up. Yeah. I think they did. Didn't they? Wasn't that what St. Anger was? Or or the one that came after St. Anger? Cause Oh wait, St. Anger was the one that didn't have solos, right? Yes. Yeah. So death magnetic. Wasn't that what they were trying to do? Go back and maybe, but they didn't. (laughs) There was one that came out like something about self-destruction, uh, Hardwired to self-destruct. Yeah, but the opening track of that album is actually really good. Uh, nothing else li- li- lives up to it. But the like the opening track, I was like, oh shit, maybe they maybe they still have some magic left. And then it was all hit and miss after that. Yeah, but, they told Lars to play a beat like he was playing on Kill 'Em All, and then just you know just some to it. But I don't know. I I didn't I didn't buy it. I wasn't into it. Yeah, so it comes off. It may come off as disingenuous, you know. And so maybe it wouldn't have been good. Yeah. It would have sold one way or the other. <laughs> um, so where do you want to move on from here? You want to talk about performance? So that guy could dance. Yeah. I'm not a huge dance fan. So like choreography doesn't really, like I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about and it doesn't yeah. really excite me. But Michael Jackson always kind of grabbed my attention with his moves because they were so Michael Jackson. Like they fit his vocal tics and, mm-hmm. and like what he was doing, like it, it matched so well. And the moonwalk, still fucking cool. If someone busts yeah. out the moonwalk at any time, it's like, that's still a cool dance move. No one's doing the hustle anymore, but... You throw that song on, I'll do it. I'll do it right <laughs> away. I fucking love the hustle. But, I'm not even joking. But the fucking, the, the, the moonwalk's still rad. And then he had, you know, he had like the tippy-toe hat tip move and the, you know, the cock lift. <laughs> the cock lift. Man, I mean, earlier you went too far away, so so it, I lost my opportunity to say he grabbed your attention like he grabbed his ding dong. Yeah, yeah, where he just stands there, kind of just like pulls his hips up, from yeah, the, you know, from his crotch. Yeah, and he's doing like a like a lean back. Yeah, at the same yeah. time, yeah, and he's got like like the kick into like the point, and then the the turn and spin, the hat throw, or even back in the day when when he does that like straight straight on forward like the wobbly kick. I remember yes, I, yeah. I have a distinct memory of being at my grandma's apartment when I was a little kid trying to perfect, you know, the, yeah. the way my knee and ankle would, would turn. Trying to turn your leg that. to rubber. Yeah. Just bam, 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 bam. You know, it's, it's, it was difficult. Or like the standing, standing there with his jacket open. Oh, his yeah. hips. I mean, it's like, he's got a ton of them and they're all very distinctly Michael Jackson. If anyone wants to use them, it's gonna be like, yeah, that's a, that's a Michael Jackson move. Right oh yeah. There. Yeah. And like you could not get away it. with it. I mean, you get away with it, but like. That's not yours. <laughs> yeah. That's Michael Jackson's move, uh, which there's not a lot of other dance moves from recording artists that I could identify 
immediately. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, there there may be some like NSYNC or Britney Spears Turbo fans that are just like, oh, yeah, that's totally their thing. I'm like, I don't fucking know. But I mean, Michael Jackson's signature moves like 80% of the population of the world knows it. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, this is not like hardcore fans. Like, it's immediately identifiable. Yeah. And one other thing he did in live performances that was a little strange was the way he dressed. Oh, man, that guy had one hell of a uh, a closet. Uh, yeah. I, I saw a picture. I guess I guess he got an award from President Reagan uh, for like his work fighting drunk driving. And, and it's, it's him at the white house. It's got Ronald Reagan at a podium. He's standing next to him. I think Nancy Reagan was right there. They're dressed like normal humans. And he's got on his like full faux military regalia with all the, <laughs> the fake medals and the tasseled shoulder pads, straps and buckles. <laughs> and just... nine standing there. And like, he look, look, you know, looks like those, uh, when your characters in the cutscene memes, you know, <laughs> like, oh, like when you're playing a game and you've got like your a video game and your characters all kitted out ridiculous and then they're in a cutscene, but it's got like their models but and they totally don't match everyone else being normal oh i have Never no idea oh. no <laughs> but yeah man like especially like well i guess it was with the bad album like all of a sudden like he just had straps and buckles and like armbands on everything and i have no idea where that came from yeah because thriller it, like he, it was it was jackets and, and a glove yeah and, and it was uh um, flamboyant still. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it was not like a store-bought jacket, obviously like the thriller jacket and like that whole leather get up. Yeah. It said something still, but it wasn't insane. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Th <laughs> yeah. I think that, that is, that is the right way to put it. You know, like his bright white socks into his penny loafers, you know, like, like that, it was just a style choice, but I mean, I think it culminated for me when he got to, I'm thinking of like the, the Super Bowl performance, he totally lip synced, which really bummed me out to go back and watch oh, that that's again. Right. I forgot about that. Oh man, that bummed me out so bad. Um, but he's wearing like, you know, one of those military jackets and like black pants, but he's, I think this is the, this is the performance. He's wearing like a gold, like jock strap. Yeah. Yep. Over his pants. And it's like, what is happening there? What are you doing? Why? <laughs> what is, what is going on? Like, hey, no wonder my parents are a little weirded out by you. The man's got his own sense of style. Yeah. That is for damn sure. But you know, the fedora was just something I'm glad he kept. Like even, even into, I remember watching the documentary shortly after his death that, uh, that, uh, this is it. I wish I would have rewatched that. Oh yeah. Before yeah this episode. I, I wanted to. It was, I mean, I remember it being super, super good and he's still doing the hat. You know, he's, he's got the hat there and the, and the loafers. Well, yeah. I mean, the thriller get up is pretty rad. Yeah. I like the, the awkward class of just the, you know, the fedora with the standard suit and, and the high water pants and the penny loafers. Like, yeah. And, and I mean like his, his sparkly shirt at the, uh, at the awards ceremony where he first did the moonwalk, you know, to Billy Jean, like he yeah. had like the sparkly blue shirt under all that. And the glove. Yeah, or, or you know, they had the one where he had like the two like bandolier, gold bandolier strap things. And I think that might have been the same. Or I, been the I think Bowl he, one? yeah, I think he did yeah. that with the uh, with the gold jock strap also. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. Oh, Michael. Uh, and again, if you wanted to dress like that, people would be like, "Oh, so you you want to dress like Michael Jackson? Do you? Like he's a pretty easy guy to be for Halloween." Yeah. You just throw a bunch of extra straps on something and uh, some fake military regalia and make sure your pants don't reach your ankles. 
Yeah. I wonder if I could get away with being like thriller era Michael Jackson. Not painting my face, but like, am I being racially insensitive at, the, at that point? You're going to have to find some red leather pants. Some tight red leather yeah. pants. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the thriller ones, they, I, I, I don't know if they were, the, I, that, that was definitely a big, big ass bulky leather jacket. And like the jacket from Beat yes. It too. Like that, that one was also iconic. I never got to see him live, which is a bummer because yeah. from everything I've seen, he put on a hell of a show. Like it wasn't just him coming out and singing. Like it was a show. Yeah. It, you know, lights and pyrotechnics and backup dancers and a whole freaking effort. Slash if you're, uh, if you're at a certain performance. Yeah. Have you seen that video of him getting mad at Slash? Cause Slash like won't stop soloing. No, that's, oh, it's I, I want to see that. that sounds <laughs> it's, great. it's really great. Like, like Slash just isn't stopping. And I think, I think they might unplug him at some point. <laughs> that's awesome. Michael Jackson's just standing there like dancing around, just trying to kill time. And, you know, he, he eventually like tells him to stop and Slash won't. It looks like Slash is having fun. Probably can't <laughs> see him. He's got all the hair in front of his face and the top hat on. Man. Yeah. Like... All the drugs in his eyes. <laughs> If Slash could put up with Axl Rose, fucking there's nothing Michael Jackson's going to throw at him that's going to phase him. Yeah, I think if there if there is one person in music that I'm like the least threatened by ever, it might be Michael Jackson. Yeah, I imagine mean, him even yelling at you with his voice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, John, cut that out. Hee hee. I'm really, really mad at you right now. Yeah. You're a meanie. You're really rude. Sound like. Mickey Mouse berating <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, so do you want to take a little break? Yeah, I think we should. Hey there, this is Frankie Sparks. And this is Scott Eisenberg. We're married. And we have a podcast called Shoot the Flick. Every week, Scott and I introduce each other to a new movie the other one has never seen. We talk about it, give our thoughts on it, and also share some behind-the-scenes fun facts. We want you guys to come along and enjoy the movies with us. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at ShootTheFlick, and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. Come and listen to us now as Frankie and I Shoot, shoot the Flick! Welcome back, Ben. Hey, John. How was your break? It was good. I uh, asked Annie if she was okay. Uh, she is. It's good. Yeah, she, Annie is definitely okay. <laughs> so I think the other aspect of Michael Jackson, besides the uh, music al music albums, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying, uh, and the live performance, is definitely his videos and movies. Yeah, that guy produced some gems, man. Holy shit. He's got some great music videos. Like, yeah, he, he definitely had a flair for the dramatic. Yeah. And he's somebody that you could tell really wanted to make those. Like he wanted to make theatrical experiences from his music videos. I remember hearing as much um, when it came to the thriller video, which apparently the inspiration for uh, for getting John Landis as the director was he saw American Werewolf in London and oh. wanted to wanted him like he apparently he knew nothing of uh of landis's work outside of that i guess he'd seen kentucky fried movie but that's it you know he hadn't seen blues brothers animal house um fucking trading places i i guess i should say go onto youtube first watch the the thriller movie it's like a 13 minute movie and then watch the making of thriller it's so fucking cool it goes into 
you know, it's got John Landis directing everybody. It's got Rick Baker's makeup tests and like doing, uh, doing the molds and like, it shows his designs for like the werewolf makeup. It shows him doing zombie makeup, by the way. This is my favorite use in pop culture. I'll just get that out of the way right now. The thriller video? Yeah, the thriller video and the making of. Because when I was a little kid, uh, a friend of mine had this on videotape. So I, I saw this years and years and years ago, and I decided this morning that I wanted to watch it again. Um, and it, it just took me right back. It was pretty magical. Because like that, that thing like stands up to movies of the era. The makeup is gorgeous. Like Rick oh, Baker fantastic. is a legend. Yeah. And like the cinematography and the lighting, especially like that, that video is like, I wouldn't show it to my kid, even though it's a Michael Jackson music video, she would be terrified. And, and I love that it starts with the wolf man when they're in there watching the movie and it has his wolf transformation, which is solid. I mean, it's not quite American werewolf in London. It's not far that, you know, you could tell it's inspired by it. Mm -hmm. The American werewolf in London one is half the length of the entire thriller video <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> yeah, no gnarly shit. as fuck but and then he but and he's got a more classic wolfman look mm -hmm. and, but you know but he's got the contacts and the i mean just like the fur coming out of his face and the whiskers and it's awesome and then it and then they leave and it transitions into the zombie thing with fucking vincent damn price narrating mm -hmm. it like man yeah apparently vincent price did that uh in two takes and when i mentioned that to angelina she's like they probably didn't need the second one. I was like, yeah, the second one was probably just safety. Yeah. You know, just in case something went wrong with the first one. Because what a professional. Like, I love his voice. And I, I love, it's such a subtle little thing when he, when he says, and rot inside a corp, corpse's shell. He says, and rot inside a corpse's shell. Like, oh, I love it. And we also got the, uh, in my opinion, the greatest meme ever out of that with Michael Jackson smiling <laughs> eating and eating popcorn. Oh my goodness. I love that. It like disappeared from, uh, or I guess, uh, the, the greatest gif ever. Sorry, not meme, but it disappeared from Giphy one day. I really? Yeah. I wonder if like his estate sent him a cease and desist letter or some shit. I think I've got it saved on my phone so they can eat shit. I can still use it. <laughs> there was also a big push for, um, white people not using gifs that that are featuring black people that it's you know cult cultural appropriation or something i don't know i think michael are jackson is 100 percent part of american culture i don't think he yeah. belongs to one side or the other man yeah now if it was like gifts of native people dancing around or something maybe they'd have some it'd still be stupid but it would yeah. have some sort of leg of legitimacy but uh <laughs> sorry michael jackson is as much mine as he is anyone else's yeah yeah, it don't matter if you're black or white. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> I I just fucking love that video so much. When I was watching it earlier, just, you know, seeing the zombies coming at them and how creepy it was. And then when it transitions into the zombie dance. Yeah. Like, I love that dance with every fiber of my being. And like Michael Jackson in it, like I was trying to think about it. Like he's in his mid 20s at that point, I believe. And he is just putting everything he has into that entire performance. You know, like first he's got the zombie makeup and then like, oh, I totally forgot that they're making you wait. Like he sings the verses of the song with no chorus. They're stringing you along. They're like, oh, you're not getting that fucking chorus at all. You have to go through the entire like 
zombie dance with like a yeah and like i love how it starts where it's just like you see his back and he's he's just got the little tick and like you know you haven't even seen that he's a zombie yet oh no you see he's a zombie first because it does that little like spin oh that's right yeah his face yeah yeah but then it goes immediately into it and and I mean I remember doing that like that like hand over the head like slap into the little shimmy like yeah. when that song would come on at dances when we were younger I would do that and like it it would be a little hit even though I didn't know the whole thing but it was just it was something more I always liked the little you know put your hands up yeah. to either side thing the arms like back walk. and forth yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I mean it's it is so brilliant and then the very moment that it finally like after that dance part when it finally gives you the chorus it's so uh fucking satisfying and and you're looking at this young man like like i said he's just pouring everything he's got into it and uh, i don't know like it's it's like an emotional experience looking at it. you're like man this guy is so fucking good like that right there that and like the the uh the beat it video are just michael jackson in a way that cannot be beat you know like, like he is that that was his prime for me i can see that yeah th- i mean speaking of the beat it video yeah Again, it's another like tells a story video. Mm-hmm. Is that how people knife fighted at one point? Did they like tie their arms together, knife fighted, <laughs> and uh, slash at each other with knives? Like I like I remember seeing that and being like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Well, I think what it is. <laughs> well, I I know the video itself is supposed to be a, uh, a like modern eighties play on West Side Story. Yeah. Do yeah. they ever do something like that in West Side Story? Tie their arms to each other and knife fight? I don't care about West Side Story. <laughs> no, me either. I don't know shit about it. It won a bunch of Oscars. Yeah. And Spielberg just remade it, but... Yeah, it's like Grease. Like, I've, I've probably seen it. Don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. But, I don't know, man. Like, that video is still pretty fucking awesome. Like, like his... It, it's telling a story. It's, it's like high-quality yeah. storytelling... And he's doing those little dances against uh, against the pool table, like that. Yeah. That right there is like some classic Michael Jackson dancing, and the whole group dance sequence of uh, of Beat It, like when they do that, they do the like rotating. Uh, see, it's like, like they're picking apples. Yeah, you're yeah yeah the <laughs> apple picking left right left right, and then they do their little shimmies to the side. Like if you know, you know. But like it sucks that this is an audio medium because like Ben can see what I'm doing. Yeah. And then that that fucking shredding solo. I mean, yeah, why absolutely. Not? Well, and then I mean, the bad video is also pretty fucking solid. Yeah, and I yeah, you don't <laughs> want to give it credit. I don't know. <laughs> I have a hard time with it. It it just it seemed a lot less sincere to me by 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 that point. Like he's wearing all those buckles and those like steel toe on the outside boots singing about how bad he is while they're dancing around a subway station. I don't I mean, know. Wesley also, Snipes was in it, so cool. Also, hearing Michael Jackson talk in his Michael Jackson voice about being bad. Yeah. Uh, not terribly convincing. Yeah. Again, back to him not being threatening, you know? Yeah. Like, if, if you came into a, a dark alley and he was there and was like, give me your wallet. <laughs> like, hey, hey, I'm bad. <laughs> you don't want to fuck with me. Man, can you imagine hearing Michael Jackson saying fuck? Yeah. Fuck around and get cut. Yeah. Michael Jackson about to cut a bitch. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, I, I guess I could have brought this up when we were talking about the music itself. But there's something about the actual song for bad where like, you know, I loved it when I was younger, but I listen to it now and it just seems really thin. 
and just kind of weightless and no, no, like, does it make sense to say like low stakes? Like, like it, it just, it's just such a thin little beam, 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 beam. Like it, it sounds like something from an arcade game or something. It doesn't actually, it doesn't hit for me at all. There's no low end to it. It definitely no centers on his vocals. Like yeah. his vocals are the heart of that song. Yeah. He does like a thousand times in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess the other one from bad would be uh, smooth criminal, the well, smooth criminal video. Let's instead of going straight to smooth criminal, let's talk about moonwalker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're tied. Yeah. Moonwalker was this like f- pretty much feature length movie that, that, uh, that ties all of these things together. Like it was basically a promotional movie for the album of bad, which opens up with, in my opinion, a better version of bad where all of a sudden it's a bunch of fucking kids that are, that are, they recreated the bad video with children, <laughs> including, I don't remember his name, but he was, a uh, fucking Jesse on, uh, on, in, uh, the mighty ducks. Oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember his name. Is Macaulay Culkin in there? He's not. He's no. in a few of them. He was in, yeah, he was in black or white for sure yeah, with George definitely. Wynn, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to, but, um, yeah, they recreate it with kids and that was, that was fun. That was funny. Um, and then they transition from that to like when he, when he walks out, he goes through, well, he has a little dig at Prince about bubbles wearing a Prince t-shirt. He's like Prince t-shirt, which we'll get to also. And, um, and then it transitions to him running from like claymation paparazzi. Yeah. It's such a fucking weird movie. I, it was, I'm, I'm bummed. I didn't go back and watch it. Like it was on my list. To like, I need to rewatch Moonwalker because it's been a long time since I've seen it. And I remember it just being like, almost like a fucking fever dream of, of weirdness. I think that's accurate. <laughs> I mean, I watched this when I was a kid. I fucking loved oh, this uh, yeah. movie. I, I had it on VHS and, um, and it goes from that, like he's running from these, from these paparazzi and he gets into like a rabbit costume. And then all of a sudden he's a, a, uh, a claymation rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go into the, the video for um, Speed Demon. And the Speed Demon video is great. Like, there's even a part where he puts on a jetpack and flies into the sky. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, is this ILM? Like, was this, like, early tests for, like, Rocketeer? Because it, it has oh. a very Rocketeer feel to it. When he's, he could like, afford it. Yeah, it's true. Well, and he t- he had a had a cro- close relationship with George Lucas and all those guys. Oh, did he? Yeah. There's even a, a claymation Pee-wee Herman. He turns into Pee-wee Herman at one point. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's such a, just a fucking, we- I mean, when you're trying to like mash different music videos together, you usually, you, you'll frequently end up with something kind of weird. Yeah. But uh, I remember it being next, like he, he's turning into jets. He's turning into fucking cars. He's just a. He's got a jet ski all of a sudden. Yeah. He's oh, just a- oh yeah. Well, cause after that he does, he has a little dance off with the rabbit itself. Yes. Like Michael Jackson. And then it goes into what is actually like a narrative movie where he like, I think he has like a music store or something that gets like blasted by machine guns by an evil Joe Pesci and all of his like Mr. Big. Yeah. All of his like Nazi, uh, cohorts. And then there's some little kids that are friends with Michael Jackson. They play soccer together and accidentally stumble onto, uh, Joe Pesci's plot to give drugs to all the kids. And uh, he likes tarantulas and what are they walnuts? He's always cracking walnuts. I don't know. It's it's really bizarre. You know those those commonly understood signs of evil: tarantulas, walnuts, and drugs. Uh huh. 
<laughs> and through that, yeah, like Michael Jackson turns into a car at one point and uh, does the, here we go, the smooth criminal video. Yeah. Which was pretty fucking like revolutionary at the time. Everyone's wearing all like, you know, 20s, 30s, Prohibition era garb. He's screaming a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was smoke and wind coming out. That video <laughs> is badass. Yeah, like it's the, fucking cool. They extend the song out quite a bit. And, you know, he's like dancing around and people are getting killed in this like old timey bar. Yeah, I get it. It's got that iconic lean. Yeah. Everyone just like leans forward and down. I remember being a kid and, and there was the rumor that like, you know, that's actually real. Like they didn't, they didn't use anything to, to make them do that. Like they learned to lean that far forward. And it's like, that's not possible. They nailed their shoes to the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that too. And just like super strengthened their, their buttock muscles so they could hold themselves there and lift them back up. I don't know. But that movie culminated with Michael Jackson turning into a giant robot and destroying <laughs> Joe Pesci and his uh, his people. Then he turned into a spaceship, spaceship. Yep. and flew Why away. Not? Yeah. And the thing I think I love most about Moonwalker is uh, it's I, I think it's entirely from Michael Jackson's mind. Yeah. Like he was the creative force behind that, and it was just him being like, "It would be cool if we did this." Like he's like a five year old. Like, oh, it'd be cool like this. And then I want to chase a rabbit. And then I want to turn into a car. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to beat up some bad guys. And then, and then I'm going to, I'm going to turn into a rocket ship. Yeah. And it'll be a great uh, <laughs> cinematic experience. <laughs> like and, and then, and then at the end, I'm, I'm just going to show back up and, and, and the kids are going to be happy because, because I made it out alive. Yeah. It's just so juvenile and ridiculous. Yep. And, and it's just like, there's a, a purity to it, like where it's just like, it's just so innocent and pure and insane. You took the words right out of my it. brain. Like that's exactly what it was. Well, in your description there leads us directly into one thing that I think could totally fit that same idea, which is Captain EO. Yes. For Disney. Oh man. That was one of my favorite things at Disneyland when I was a kid. I loved it. I mean, it was 3D. It was cool. It's way better than Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Fuck. Fuck off, Disney. I mean, I like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, it's, it's great. But uh, to replace Captain EO with that, I don't think so. Yeah, and I, I wonder what actually did it. Like, I, I wonder if it was Scandal that, that, that made that happen. Because that mean, wouldn't surprise me at that point. I only ever saw Captain EO once. It was what, like late 90s when they swapped it out? Oh, no. No, it was, it was early, mid-90s. Was it really? Yeah. I remember seeing it. I mean, like, I remember going to it like three times in a row when I was awesome. a kid. Because uh, it was so cool. I saw it one time, the second time I went to Disneyland and I was 10 years old. Yeah, because it was one of those like 4D experiences where they had like rumble packs in the seats and like little- Did they have that? Yeah. And little like uh, air jet things at occasions. And, I mean, and it was, the 3D was like very- you know, uh, gimmicky 3d where something would just fly out yeah, in front yeah. of your face and then fly back. But, uh, Oh, wild. Fuck, it was cool. Cause all I remember is the 3d. And when was the last time you saw Captain EO? Oh, I, I remember, I think we talked about this on the podcast at some point, not yeah. that long ago. And I think you told me the whole things on YouTube and I don't think I ever went and watched it. So yeah, still I mean, well, when I was a kid, when we talked about it in the past, I didn't actually see it. Cause I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Or maybe like in, in my late teens, early twenties in the, in the early days of YouTube or something, but I went and watched it this morning 
uh, with with the family. And let me tell you, it is not good. Oh, I'm Whoa. sure it's not. I'm sure it's just gimmicky <laughs> and goofy and and ridiculous. But but I remember being so fucking stoked when I was a kid because yeah. that was that was right in the heyday of my Michael Jackson love. And I was like, "There's a fucking song in there." That or, or as I'm watching, I'm like, "This I've never heard this song before." And but it ends with another part of me, which was from Bad. Um, but like uh, like what you were saying earlier about just like you know, childhood, like wish fulfillment, basically with a lot of money. Like there's basically like a, uh, a star Wars, like trench run kind of knockoff. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they go in and he's like zapping people like, like bad guys and turning them into good guys for a dance sequence. And, uh, there's this little fucking creature that looks kind of like a, a mogwai or no, oh, oh, like a, a Furby with wings. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. I was trying to remember yeah. what, 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 what it was. It's totally a Furby. And like, you can see, like, I, that's the only thing I really remember from when I was a kid, like that thing flying around in 3d. Yeah. And flying right into your face at yeah. one point and then flying back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and apparently the, uh, the villainess was played by Angelica Houston. Oh no shit. Angelina called it out. I was like, oh shit. I looked it up. Yeah. It was her. Wow. It was not good. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but you know, it was, it was co co-written and created by George Lucas, you know, going oh, back no to shit. his relationship with George Lucas. And guess who directed this motherfucker? It Spielberg? Shocked. No. Because I could see them getting Spielberg for totally, it. Totally. Because they're all from the same school. Ron Howard? No. But it was somebody from the same school as Spielberg and Lucas. You get one more try. Uh, James Cameron? No. Fucking Francis Ford Coppola. No shit. <laughs> I, was, I was so fucking what? like taken aback. I was like, that was fucking Coppola that did that. Oh, it was insane. Yeah, that movie Wasn't is... he the one that was busting Marvel's balls for their... Uh... No, that was Scorsese. Oh, that was Scorsese. That's yeah. right, yeah. Um, but wow. yeah. Captain EO. <laughs> I don't know. What other videos do you want to talk about? I already mentioned Remember the Time earlier. and Yeah, I mean, th those are the ones that stick out for me. Yeah. I mean, like, I remember the Scream video on MTV early, yeah. but uh, it didn't really mean much to me. Well, and I uh, guess Black or White was pretty cool, like, with the, like, the people transforming the face mor morphing shit. technology. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That, that, yeah, that, yeah, that was cool. And it did open up with, with uh, Macaulay Culkin and George Went. So, yeah. why not? I guess from there is a good segue into my favorite use in pop culture, unless you've got something else. Um, maybe not. Let's go for it. Uh, 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 one quick little anecdote with his relationship with, uh, with George Lucas. Apparently Michael Jackson was originally like campaigning hard to play Jar Jar Binks in, uh, in Phantom Menace. What? That would have been awesome. Yeah. And he, but he wanted to do it practical and, uh, and George Lucas was like, nope, I'm going digital. So we could have had Michael Jackson as Jar Jar. Ooh, I mean, that might have done it for me. I mean, that might have been <laughs> enough. I mean, not like that. Like the guy that did Jar Jar did a bad job performing. Like he did a great job, but uh, I don't know. Michael Jackson <laughs> as, as a practical Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, nuts. Uh, there's a parallel universe where that's a thing. <laughs> Let's get there. I want to travel there. <laughs> <laughs> when we get our time machine, we yeah. will go coerce uh, George Lucas to, Holy to shit. let that happen. Okay, sorry. So on to your... Uh... Yes. So my favorite use in pop culture is, uh, unsurprisingly, because uh, I'm a one-dimensional caricature of a 
of a geek <laughs> is uh, is the Eat It video by Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Specifically. Because it does such a phenomenal job of parodying both the song and the video. Like it goes through all the steps of the of the iconic Beat It video and lampoons every step of it. And it and it's just fucking brilliant. It's been a lot of years since I've seen that. Really? And yeah. I, I, I wish I would have thought of it because I, I even thought about the music and it was like, okay, we got to talk about Weird Al parodying Michael yeah. Jackson. Yeah. I totally didn't think to go watch the video because he also did one for, uh, oh, never mind. I was thinking of Fat, but yeah. Oh, no, yeah, no. Totally yeah, with Eat That's it, yeah. good too, but uh, Eat It is better. Yeah. When he's actually like still, like he does the whole pool table thing yeah, also. Yeah. He does like, everything. Like he's, he does the thing in the bed where he's all mad and he sits up all angry and, <laughs> and, and like the, like the two gangs are like coming together and like, you know, the guy like, like the door doesn't go all the way up all the way and the guy hits his head and like, they've got like the, the other guys are like waiting for the bus <laughs> yeah, and they do the knife fight with like fucking sporks and shit. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Okay, totally. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does the whole fucking thing. It's got like the Eddie Van Halen solo where the guy's like fingers start smoking and shit. Yeah, and, and then it, it explodes, yeah. right? Because it does that in the song. It's such a, you know, start to finish perfect lampoon of the song and the fucking video. And just like Michael Jackson, Weird Al's putting in 110 fucking percent on his performance. That's not possible, it. but I get what you're saying. <laughs> on his on his vocals and his fucking his, you know, being Michael Jackson. It's yeah. fucking it's just it's just brilliant. I, like I was I was trying to stay away from Weird Al because he ends up being my favorite use in pop culture way too often, but uh I gotta be honest, and that is absolutely my favorite use. <laughs> this is good because one day we're going to get the opportunity. Like I'm going to have the balls to call up weird Al's people and just be like, look, we just, we just want 10 seconds with the man. Like, and then I'll point to all this, all these parts in our show that I will certainly remember somehow, uh, as to, uh, you know, what big giant fans we are. I mean, if you want to pay 400 bucks for special tickets, you could like shake his hand and get a signed autograph at the show. But I don't think I'm going to pay for it. I don't have 400 bucks to spend much as i'd love to let's try and sneak backstage yeah yeah you would make it <laughs> i did that with bb king it was cool oh yeah i went and saw bb king and like after the show we were like we were sitting well we we had like nosebleed seats there's four of us and we looked down and we're like there's four seats in the third row and like the sh- like the opening act played through and like no one sat in them so we're like all right fuck it let's go sit in them we went and sat in them, and then, like, we noticed after the show, people were, like, walking up on stage and going back, and we're like, well, let's follow those people. And we did, and we went and stood in line. We had no idea what we were standing there for. And, like, a lady came around and, like, questioned us, and, like, the guy next to us was like, yeah, they're with me. Like, and we were like, cool. And then, like, fucking went and met B.B. King and shook his hand and talked to him for a second, and he signed the our fucking tickets, and we were like, oh, that was fucking cool. Wow. He died, <laughs> right? Uh... Is he dead? I don't think so. Oh, okay. He should be. He's really fucking old. So he's he might diabetic. Be. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, maybe we'll try that with Weird Al. Yeah. Where was I going with that? One day we'll have our moment with Weird Al. Yeah. But as far as the other stuff as relates to Michael Jackson, the bad video. I like his bad video more than I like Michael's bad video. Frankly, his fat video. Fa- yeah. Yes. Yeah, the fat yeah. for fat. Yeah. Like that big fat suit and like the confrontation at the beginning where they're, they haven't seen him around and they want him to eat a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, great. Weird Al doing, 
you know, doing the fat suit live on stage also. Yeah. You know, for fat. Like that's it's it's great. Weird Al is the best. And like then, Mike, Michael Jackson's the best, but Weird Al is also the best. And then my my like other contender was was the scene from the complete Al that we referenced in the last episode yep. where he goes to meet Michael Jackson and it's like a dark room and bubbles drops from the ceiling and he puts his thumb out and like goes back and forth. The sequin glove <laughs> thumb. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Uh. I'm so glad that Michael Jackson had the sense of humor that it took to allow somebody to lampoon you like that. Because it wasn't clear that he did otherwise. Like, he's not known for his sense of humor or for his sense of a- anything real. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I mean, there were other people, like, like famously, Prince would never give Weird Al permission. You know, so he had to create songs that were kind of like Prince songs. Same thing happened with the Oingo Boingo. He's got a song that's, that um, You Make Me is such an Oingo Boingo. Oh, I'm sure we talked about that in the Weird yeah. Al episode. But speaking of Prince, have you ever heard about Michael Jackson and Prince's feud? No, but it makes so much sense that they'd have one. Yeah. Oh, God, I would pay money for that fist fight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, somebody once asked uh, Prince in in an interview who would win in a fight, a hypothetical fight between them. And, you know, the class act that he is, he said, Michael's more of a lover and not a fighter. But then, you know, because apparently it was right in the time with all the scandal and stuff, and it seemed like things were going in the direction of like, oh, he's talking about him loving little kids, you know, like that sort of thing. But so Prince, to his uh, to his credit, was just like, hey, you know, like everyone just like, just chill out on that. Like there's, maybe there's things he knows that we don't. So just take it easy. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But apparently it started in, in a 1983 James Brown concert, the footage of which you can find on YouTube where James Brown invited Michael Jackson up on stage and Michael Jackson dazzled everybody with some little moves and stuff. And then apparently Wait, Michael it, Jackson. Oh, oh, sorry. Is there a James Brown, Michael Jackson dance off video? I don't think it's a dance off. It, it was just like a, you know, he was in attendance. So James Brown brought him up and he's like, Hey, it's this young man, Michael Jackson. He's super hot right now. So he's going to dance. I'd be pretty rad. Yeah. And then Michael Jackson apparently whispered to James Brown, like Prince is here too. like invite him up on stage. So Prince comes up and he starts playing guitar, but apparently the guitar is like malfunctioning. I don't know if it was like the, the amp or what, but it sounds like shit. So he takes the guitar off and starts like dancing all weird. I don't know. And then he tries to swing on a lamppost that's on the stage, not knowing that it's just a prop. Oh no. And falls into the crowd with the lamppost, just making a fucking fool of himself, like an absolute fool and apparently michael jackson was just laughing his balls off and shit well as you would yeah (laughs) but i mean reports are that after the show he was so mortified because james brown was like his hero yeah that and and he was so pissed off at michael jackson for you know bringing him up and and laughing at him but i mean reportedly he tried to run over michael jackson and latoya and his mother with his limo (laughs) <laughs> after after Wait, the show he's not driving his own limo so he was he instructing his <laughs> yeah, limo driver to run that person over and his limo driver's like yes prince i'll do that yeah i'd heard from a couple different uh different sources but i mean they probably got it from the same rumor then they had you know album album rivalry after that yeah. you know with like 1999 and thriller and all that sure they would apparently prince was refusing to join in uh we are the world because it was michael jackson lionel richie was trying to get him in and Prince requested that he had his own room to record in. And he's like, nah, there's superstars everywhere. We can't do that. 
But Lionel Richie, not knowing about any of this, was like, hey, I can put you right next to Michael Jackson. And apparently they just like <laughs> shut it off. He's like, nope. Prince is kind of being a baby there. Like, MJ was trying to be cool about it. Be like, yo, Prince is here too. He's pretty rad. And honestly, like generally, if Prince is going to come up and play some guitar at your show, that's going to be a good fucking thing. Fuck like, yeah. There's no reason that, that uh, Michael would have expected that to have gone the way it did. Yeah, yeah. And I doubt he was the only guy laughing. Also, like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's true. James Brown was probably laughing. Yeah, I mean, so uh, I, I, Prince probably could have let that go. Well, and reports are that that Michael Jackson wanted Bad to be a duet with uh, with Prince initially. Yeah. I want that Bad too. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, apparently uh, Michael Jackson sent him an early demo, and rather than responding like yes or no. Prince re-recorded Bad and sent it back to him. Like, this is how you do it. <laughs> and, um, and Is that out there? Uh, not as far as I know. Oh. And there were rumors that, uh, that Prince, I mean, Prince himself said that he was initially asked to be in the Wesley Snipes role in the video. And he refused because he said the first line is, your butt is mine, what a, what a, but, uh, you know, whatever comes after that, I don't remember. But he said... Like, he ain't singing that line to me, and I certainly am not singing that line to him. <laughs> that was his reasoning for not being in the video. Well, it sounds like Michael Jackson was trying to be a cool guy about the I, whole thing, at I least. I think so. I think through all of this, you know, and, and uh, Quincy Jones set up a meeting with the two of them, and um, and Prince brought him a, a white box that said Camille on it. Apparently, he would call Michael Jackson Camille. I don't know what it is behind that. But inside, there were, like, all sorts of weird little doodads and shit, like cufflinks with Tootsie Rolls on them and shit. Like, that's the only one that I that I heard about. Weird. But it, it was, it's rumored that it was, like, well, at least Michael Jackson thought that it was a bunch of voodoo artifacts and that, that Prince was trying to put a curse on him. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> oh, I fucking love that. Oh, it's so great. And then the last one I got here, I'm so sorry. That no, this, this is, taking this so is long. solid gold. This is the best part of the episode. <laughs> um, Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas invited Michael no, Jackson... Not out to... <laughs> he invited Michael <laughs> Jackson out to a show because they were, like, opening for for Prince, I believe, in um, in Las Vegas. And Michael Jackson couldn't make it to their show, but he came to the Prince show afterwards. And he was hanging out there with, uh, with Will I Am and Chris Tucker and Prince like spots him like from, from the stage. I don't know if they were in like some special spot and he just decides that like he grabs the bass and he's like jamming on the bass and just decides to like saunter through the crowd right up to Michael Jackson and just like play bass, like right in his face, all like sensually and weird. <laughs> and, uh, and, oh, there's there's a couple of good interviews with will i am and uh and chris tucker talking about that oh. and apparently will i am went to go have breakfast with uh with michael jackson the next day and the first thing out of his mouth when he opened the door was just like why was prince playing bass in my face <laughs> just like, like, and, and he he reportedly uh you know would refer to prince as just like rude and nasty and call him a meanie and a mean person well he like, sounds like he was kind of being a dick <laughs> yeah but for what it's worth, once Michael Jackson died, Prince went on record in one interview, like talking about Michael Jackson's music, musical genius. And according to somebody really close to Prince, I can't remember if it was a producer or a bodyguard or what, like he was on, dude was on Conan talking about how like when Michael Jackson died, like Prince locked himself away for like several days and didn't talk to anybody. And then shortly after, um, after a show, like dude went to go talk to Prince and like from like one in the morning till sunrise. They just talked about Michael Jackson and like Prince's 
uh, respect for him and love for his musical genius. And I was like, that's, that's really cool. Like this rivalry shit's fun and funny. Yeah. Like I love hearing about that oh, shit. Yeah. There's some good videos, but, um, but I love that, that Prince had respect for him as well. Fuck. Yeah. So there's that segment. <laughs> Man, I didn't know any of that. That's solid. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the only pseudo feud I heard about was the one with Paul McCartney because he ended up buying all the Beatles music at one point and Paul McCartney felt slighted about it. That's right. I had forgotten about that. Yeah, because early on, like Paul McCartney was was credited with doing some writing on uh, Off the Wall. And then he also had the duet with Michael Jackson. Yeah, they did two of them. One on Michael Jackson's album. And there was one on Paul McCartney's. Oh, really? What, what's the one on Paul McCartney's? I don't. But I mean, the one on Thriller, the, the Girl is Mine. That song is not good. No, it's not. The doggone girl is mine. Ugh. I don't know. And anytime Michael Jackson's singing about like being into a girl, it just rings you're false just, to me. not buying it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. Um, it was Say, Say, Say on, uh, on one of Paul McCartney's albums. Wow. I, I, it's not even ringing a bell. I bet Angelina knows all about it. She loves her some Paul McCartney and Wings. But I guess like they had a, a bit of a falling out after he bought the entire Beatles catalog, which reportedly his lawyer like reached out to them like, do you got you know, because it was being sold by whoever owned it. Apple Records or something? No, it was like AWA or something. Like the entire company was being sold that, oh, okay. that owned, I think it was like 80% of the Beatles songs. And apparently they reached out, I'm like, do you, you guys want this? And they said no. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to buy it then. And he bought it for like 47 million bucks or something. And then ended up selling 50% of it to, to Sony for $95 million. Damn. And then after he died, they sold the rest of the company. And I guess the company also owned like, you know, Bob Dylan and uh, Hank Williams. And all. Did they, they have any Elvis from the, uh, from the Lisa Marie thing? Um, I don't know if they did or not, but, but they ended up selling the rest of the company, the other 50% to Sony later for like $705 million after Michael Jackson Fuck. died. They had a bunch of other shit in it. So I'm sure they paid for that as well, yeah. but I think they did just fine on that wow. transaction. But again, like after Michael Jackson died, Paul McCartney was like, oh yeah, he was a cool dude. Like, you know, he didn't have anything bad to say about that. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the death. Do you remember where you were in uh, 2009? When, well, I don't have the exact day on here, but when Michael Jackson died? I do not remember really? where I was, but I remember hearing about it and being like, oh, that's a bummer. Because he was like going out on a big, like supposedly final tour. And I was considering going to see him because like, I, I haven't seen Michael Jackson. Like ticket prices are going to be absurd. <laughs> yeah. But like, this could be the last chance. And then, uh, nope, he's dead. And, and then all the controversy that surrounded it after that. Yeah. I remember I was, I was leaving work and I was on my way to your place when you lived in Orangevale and your, your wife, uh, told me that she thinks Michael Jackson is dead. And I was like, what? And you know, I, I, I got to your place and that's when there was like the live coverage with like the corner van and shit. Yeah. And then, then it was announced that, that he was dead. And I remember in fact, you were probably at work because I think you were on the list of people I sent the message to that just said, Michael Jackson is dead because we were always, you know, especially with our buddy Kyle. Yeah, you got this weird fascination with celebrity deaths. We love scooping people <laughs> and being the first person to say that somebody died. And so I was just sending it to everyone once I was sure because, you know, it's it's bad news if you if you're wrong. Oh, that's negative points. But in fact, like it was, it was such a big deal that years after that happened, um, we, we had a friend 
who had a girlfriend at the time that, you know, they eventually split up. Oh, should I say names so you can put in more TVs? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, she was one of the people that I uh, told about Michael Jackson dying. And she hit me up like um, it was either the fifth or the 10th anniversary of Michael Jackson's death. And she was just like, man. I just remember that day, like you telling me that he died and I can't believe it's been this long. And it made me think of you. And I just wanted to say hi or something like that. And I was oh, like, weird. that's weird. Yeah. Like cause our, our lives directions had gone drastically different uh, ways. So it was, uh, it was interesting that, you know, like the cultural impact that that had, like, it's like, like our JFK or something. We had 9-11. I mean, this is, oh, we did have 9-11. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> I don't think it quite. Quite metered up to that. <laughs> so I've got a question for you. What's that? I think Michael Jackson's dead. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Is is there is there a theory that he's not? Is he hanging out with Elvis? Possibly. Why would he have faked his death? Why wouldn't he have faked his death? He was a fucking weirdo, and, yeah, and that's, you know, that's fair. <laughs> it, was, it was on the decline, and like from all from all accounts, like even though he had assets, like he was in tremendous he had loads debt. of debt as well. Yeah. yeah. Most of his assets were not the kind of things that you could, you know, get rid of quickly to pay off creditors. Yeah, you couldn't go to the bank and be like, here, I would like, you know, 700 million for the Beatles catalog here. I don't know, man. There's rumors like there was there was a hoax video that like it turned out to be a hoax of of like him getting out of a corner van that somebody did on purpose. Um, There's like pictures of him and like in the backseat of his daughter's car. But I mean, there's nothing substantial, of course, but... I love conspiracy theories, and and if anybody was going to fake their death, I would not be shocked by Michael Jackson. The problem is he would have to keep his face covered for his entire life, which he was kind of doing anyway. Or just get a new one. <laughs> he just, wasn't far off. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, make me black again. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would ever recognize me. He was obviously not opposed to drastic surgeries, so... I mean, if he was alive, uh, they didn't tell his kids because the like, or that or they're really good at pretending. Is like, like I remember seeing them at the, like the memorial funeral thing. And, oh yeah, uh, they looked suitably bummed. Those are some sad kids. Yeah. Well, they they've got to sell that. You wouldn't tell them right away. Oh, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> yeah. If I was a kid, and my parents like faked their death and came back. It was like. <laughs> I'm alive. I'd be like, you motherfucker. <laughs> How do you so think it mad. would go over just... if, if Michael Jackson was discovered to be alive and he's like, here we go. New tour. Like, do you think people would just be so stoked that they'd pay exorbitant amounts of money to go see Michael Jackson? Or do you think people would be pissed? I think you'd get both. Yeah. It would be a, t- a profitable tour. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, I'd, I'd, want to pay to go see it but i don't know if i'd have the money what if it was just some dude that said he was michael jackson got plastic surgery to look like him there's there's some people like there's like a uh, a social media person that calls himself michael jackton that apparently like has the moves and shit and like has some people it's probably like a flat earth thing like like that that level of of absurdist he's got people convinced that he is michael jackson Michael Jackson having a concert at the edge of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's all I got, I think. Oh, shit. We didn't talk about video games. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, Moonwalker. Yeah. When, when that came up. So, I, that was one of the things I did do for research. I, I got uh, the ROMs for both the Moonwalker arcade and the Sega game. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I have now beat in the last two days the Moonwalker arcade game three times. <laughs> Including once with me just yeah. before the show. Yeah, I appreciate I, that opportunity. I did it once by myself, once with my son, and once with you. And uh, it got better every time. I don't, oh, know, did I don't it? know. Like it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was. It was a fun experience every time because it's short. I mean, you can get through it in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a long There's game. not much to it. Uh, it is, it's like a three quarters view brawler. There's no jumping. It's, it's pretty base. There's the enemy AI is not great, but it's got some fun little features. Like it's got like in between every level, it does like a, like a weird little vignette of like, here's the story. And it is not easy to follow what's happening. <laughs> Just like these things, like it is not telling a very good narrative. And then like, Mr. Big's face pops up, like holding a kid with a gun or something. And then Michael's face pops up and just goes, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird <laughs> it's, looking too. It does it between every level. <laughs> it's, like, it's like he's some sort of man chimp that that's all he can say. <laughs> like, like Mr. Big's like, I'm going to kill this kid. And Michael just, Jackson looks at him and just goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking bizarre. Well, it's, speaking of chimps, it's got bubbles in there. And when you stand on them, you turn into a robot. Yeah. And shoot lasers. Yeah. And you've got like an electric punch and, you know, it's pretty base brawler. It's got some weird penis thrusting robots. Yeah. That, uh, bizarre. Like, I don't know how someone designed those and wasn't like, yeah, that's, that's a dick right there. It's right between the legs and it's even got like the tip. It's like a head and it's just like this weird piston that thrusts. Like it could, it could very easily be on the top of a robot. Because it's just like a box on legs. They could have put a fist on it and put it next to the robot or any (laughs) number of things that didn't look like a dick. Right between the legs, (laughs) just jamming out. (sighs) And then uh, then you you, you beat the game, you get to the end, and and literally the only credit for the entire game, it says game concept and design by Michael Jackson. (laughs) It does not credit any of the developers, anybody that did anything on it. Like, this was a one-man show of Michael Jackson creating a video game. It was Michael Jackson. You know, it was interesting, like, like the the music choices they put in there, because there was Smooth Criminal, and there was Bad, but then there was also Beat It, and... Billie Jean. Yeah, Billie Jean. But they, from from the Bad album, they did have uh, another part of me, which was weird to be the only other one besides bad and smooth criminal but it was interesting hearing that through the filter of sega video game music because there was a there was a well i guess it's not a rumor it was a rumor for years but it was substantiated that for uh for a while sega was working with michael jackson on sonic the hedgehog music and i believe it was for sonic 3 and when you listen to sonic 3 it sounds like like you know bad dangerous era michael jackson and but but the uh, the song another part of me, I've always felt, sounded like Spring Yard Zone from the first Sonic game. It's the third level. Go listen to both of those songs together. Like you can see that there's, like when they were when they were doing Spring Yard Zone because I'm pretty sure that yeah that came after Bad. They were probably, you know, if Michael Jackson wasn't involved because I don't think he was at the time. Like they were definitely there had to have been some inspiration. It's like, like just the whole cadence of the song and everything. It was, it was really interesting to me, but that's all I got. Uh, and I, like I said, I also got the Genesis one. Uh, that thing's a pile of shit. That (laughs) game is so bad. I remember playing it as a kid, but I don't have any, it is not good. I got through the first three levels and then gave up. Uh, basically you're, you walk around an area kicking sparkles at people 
uh, and opening doors <laughs> to find the same little girl over and over and over again. And the stairs are so fucking hard to go up. I had to look at a tutorial because I couldn't figure out how to get up the stairs. I mean, you just press diagonally, but it's just, it's like the tiniest little spot that you have to hit. Like Turbo Castlevania? Yeah, yeah. And and so I ended up having to change the controls from the D-pad to the analog just so I could go <laughs> so upstairs. So you could hit that diagonal. You could press up to open doors and like, otherwise it just makes you stand on your toes and go, ooh. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it is a bad game. Don't play it. It sucks. DL. It does start with him coming through the door and flicking a coin into the jukebox. And then oh, the music that's starts. right. That's the best part of the game. It's over five <laughs> seconds in. Just quit at that point. <laughs> Was there any other Michael Jackson games? I can't think of it. Maybe. Uh, yeah, those are the only ones that, <laughs> that I'm aware of. These are the only ones that matter because we say so. All right. You want to get to a one word review? Absolutely. Let's do it. What's your one word? So my one word review for Michael Jackson is singular. Oh, that's good. Because he is such a one of a kind guy. I mean, his, I mean, you talk about his, his mu- musical legacy. I mean, he was in the, he was in the top 40 for 46 years spanning technically six decades if you really want to be like fancy about it um or like he was in the top like top 10 billboard for for six consecutive decades because i want you back hit the charts i think at number eight december 27th 1969 Jeez. <laughs> so he had all the way through there i think his last one was um can't remember the, the name of the song but he did the one he did with drake in like that came out posthumously in 2018 yeah 60 or you know or not 60 but like six decades yeah six different decades uh w- where he had a you know a top 10 hit is top un- 10 or top 40 top 10 oh that, shit on billboard oh, okay is unfucking paralleled like nobody has done that he's in the rock and roll hall of fame and the national museum of dance hall of fame he's got the record for the longest time uh, between like number one hits which i think is like 25 years between his first number one hit and his last number one hit thriller is the highest selling record in in history worldwide yeah thriller was the number one selling album two years in a row that's insane (laughs) that's not like 83 and 84 it was the best selling album that's fucking nuts so i mean his accomplishments are absolutely singular his personality and uh you know, his moves, like everything about him is so uniquely Michael Jackson. And and beyond that, he's just got a completely unique life experience. Like if you think about it, there was very likely not a point in his life that he where he would remember not being famous. Yeah. Maybe like some early, early memories, you know, pre, you know, pre when he was 11, but like some, you know, young stuff. But even then, like his family was in show business and stuff. So, I mean, like there was never a point where or there's very few points in his life where he was outside the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, you know, I mean, you get a lot of child actors and stuff that grow up in that, but most of them burn out or fade away. You know, you, you look at like Corey Feldman, like he, he could go to the grocery store right now and maybe someone's going to recognize him, but he's still, he's not top of mind. Michael Jackson from like 11 on with a, with a little bit of a lull in, in his, you know, late teens, maybe. Where he was still around, but he wasn't like a big fucking deal yet because Off the Wall hadn't come out. But, you know, couldn't fucking scratch his ass without 
someone writing an article about it or caring. I mean, it was like he, he was, <laughs> Michael Jackson scratches his yeah. ass. He was absolutely inundated with that. He, the, you know, the shit he went through with his, with his dad and his family and his youth, like, I don't know if there's anyone that could really relate with his experiences. And he ended up being a weird fucking guy, a one of a kind dude who had a lot of weird peculiarities and, and just was not, not a normal human. And, and so like the whole, you know, sex abuse thing, like, oh, he was, you know, he, he would have kids sleep in his bed and it's like, yeah, that shit's weird, but I don't have the frame of reference to judge this man. Yeah. Cause what, what, what his life was like and what he, what kind of things he would have valued and what kind of, you know, just what kind of, how his brain developed with yeah. any, in regards to any of that. Yeah. He's, he's like a culture of one man. Like yeah. it's just him. Like, you know, you see other people in other cultures that do things that you're like, that's fucking weird. But like, you, you don't have the frame of reference to judge those people. And I kind of feel the same way with Michael Jackson. Now, you know, if he hurt anybody or did anything like that, that's not justifiable in any way. Yeah. But, I don't have the frame of reference to say that man and his weird behavior is wrong. Yeah. And, and he's just, he is a one of a kind dude. And he, uh, I mean, he, he left a mark on pop culture and, and on, on me. I wish I could just like take what you said there, like, like have like a transcript of that. And then somehow like delete your voice and, and record it myself because all of that is 100% spot on. My one word review for him is remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I just, you know, I, I, one day I'm actually, uh, I wonder if I have used the term magical. I may have actually, but like, you know, that, that's always my go-to this for like a good, good one. He can turn into a robot and a car <laughs> and, his, and a spaceship. What's more magical than that? That that's, that's always my like go-to. Like, I don't want to say just magical, but you know, like it, it, it really is accurate. You know, like he, he is, like you said, singular. He is one of a kind talent. He was so good in so many ways and brought so much joy into the world, whether it's you know, through entertainment or through his, uh, his charitable foundations. Yeah. I think at one point he had the record. I don't know if he still does for like the, you know, celebrity with the most like official relationships with charities. I think it was like 32 different relationships that he was a spokesperson for and raised money for and shit. Yeah. I I read something somewhere that, but I didn't, I didn't dive deep into it, but like something about like his, I think it said like all of his profits from his dangerous tour, like went to charity. Yeah. That's, bonkers granted i know not everything is always pretty and and rosy and happy but you know this dude through his music and through his performances whether it's on stage or on video or he he brought a lot of joy into the world and he i think regardless of how you feel about him personally there is no denying the the talent that this one man had uh, coursing through his veins. Like he, he could just, he could do so much and he did do so much and he wanted to do more, you know, like he, imagine this person with, with a, you know, a different childhood or a different drive where he just never got into music. Like, what would this person be doing? Yeah, or gave know. up on it. You know, like I've yeah. known people that were like stupid, good at something. And then, you know, at 16, they're like, yeah, I'm done. And they walk away. And, uh, 
I can only imagine how frustrated his parents were <laughs> because I like if my kids had some really amazing talent and then they just were like, nope, I'm done. Well, it's fine. I came back to start drawing comics again. It's cool. <laughs> but yeah, he, I, I think, I think taking, uh, all scandal and personal feelings out of the equation, he was a remarkable man. Like there, there, there yeah. isn't going to be another Michael Jackson ever. His works have brought a lot of joy into my life too. And it was, it was a true pleasure going back and listening with intent, you know, going back to the old music that I grew up on and just re reliving why I love it. You know, And cause like I said, after that documentary came out, it, it was weird for a little bit. Like I, I felt weird about listening to Michael Jackson's music and, and over time, you know, I, I, I made my peace. I'm okay with it. But, you know, like I, I can, oh, and even I after, can enjoy after the, the documentary came out, there was some weird, like counterpoints that muddied the waters again. And it's, you know, we're never going to know what the truth is yeah. on that. And, and again, you know, the frame of reference on it is, is so sideways that, you know, the, if he wanted to hug a kid and lie in bed with him, maybe it was a sexual thing. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he just liked the presence of children. I don't. He's just a, he's a weird fucking guy. Yeah. That, and that was the thing, like, like pre-documentary with all this scandal, I, I was of the opinion that Michael Jackson was just a weird dude that never grew up. And to him, it was just, it was normal to have a sleepover. Like I never believed that there was any sexual side to it. And I still don't, I mean, to be quite honest and, and maybe we shouldn't put this on. I feel like, like this is venturing too much into into you know angry opinion territory but like like you said like there's enough there's enough that's come out about that documentary that calls into question the validity of it yeah as i was watching it it was horrifying and it broke my heart like it it hurt but i knew i had to watch that documentary to be a part of the conversation like i i you know i I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't going to bury my head in the sand about it, you know, being such a, a huge Michael Jackson fan. But I mean, I will say whether or not it's true, that filmmaker did a phenomenal job in, in making you, you know, see, see the things he wanted you to see. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Like he did his job well, but I, it just sucks that there's, there's no recourse. Yeah. You know, man's been dead for over a decade and, and. And there's just like, yeah, well, he can't, he can't defend himself either at this yeah. point. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, well, I, I, I have a hard time believing he, if he, even if he did anything that he did it with the intent to hurt somebody. Yeah. Cause he just, he, he seemed like a very gentle man. Very childlike. He was yes, even, even listening to the way he would talk. Yeah. You know, like, like when he was referring to Prince being like a meanie, I was just yes. like, oh geez. And, and, you know, he was talking about people like he, he would say like people, people lying on me and, and, and like, like people, like when referring to people telling lies about him, he would say like people lying on me and slandering on me or something. Like he just had a very childlike way of speaking, like an uneducated way of speaking. I mean, I can't imagine he got a brilliant education growing up on the road. Yeah. Gary, Indiana to, to, uh, touring. Yeah. He was taught everything Joe Jackson knew. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. 
Well, thank you folks for uh, for taking this moonwalk through a, uh, a legendary man's career with us today. Um, if you want to let us know how everything was, you can hit us up at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, Facebook, Geeksploration the Podcast page, Instagram, Geeksploration Podcast, or Twitter at Geeksplore Pod. Or you can call us at 916-ORC-TURD. That is 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D. And if you enjoyed this show, uh, go on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and drop us a uh, five golden codpiece review. <laughs> Our, uh, we've got swag available at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. We are a proud member of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. And on our next episode, we're going to be uh, doing a little At The Movies where we cover the 1983 classic <laughs> Rock and Rule. Neither of us have ever seen it. It looks insane. It's got Iggy Pop in it. And, uh, yeah, and Deborah Harry and uh, what's his ass from Velvet Underground, Lou Reed. Yeah, and and weird kind of people, animal things. Yeah, like, yeah. Like maybe they're the same, they're kind of like goofy but not, <laughs> not really. <laughs> anyway, it, uh, it should be interesting. Yeah. Our theme song is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time. A star can never die. It just turns into a smile and melts back into the cosmic music, the dance of life. Oh! <laughs>